1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to chat with Mitchell's Lawn Care from North Carolina. He has quite the story with his business, and that's because he is a state. Highway patrolman up there in North Carolina, 40 hours a week, full time job doing that. And then he started as a side hustle, Mitchell's Lawn Care years ago. Well, it's quite the story. A lot of twists and turns along the way. And the company got really large and he scaled it back. And he's going to share how he's managed that throughout the years of working full time. And uh, yes, I asked him what we do when we get pulled over, how do we get out of tickets? So stay tuned for that and uh, his helpful tips. It's going to be a fun interview chatting with Mitchell's Lawn Care. Today. And thanks to the Hardscape Academy for sponsoring today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. If you want to become a professional hardscaper, check out the resources available at the Hardscape Academy. And we're also excited to announce a resource that we now have available, and that's my e course. I poured my heart and soul into this, and we're going to hear a word from Mr. Producer about this exciting video training intensive.
0: Hey guys, it's Marty from the Green Industry Podcast team. You know me best as Mr. Producer. Over the years, Paul has dropped some serious intel on how to own and operate a profitable lawn care business. He literally has hundreds of hours of pro tips available on the podcast, but we know you need to get up to speed in a hurry. Your time's valuable and working smarter makes sense, especially when there's bills to pay and a family that I know wants to spend time with you. This is why I recently encouraged Paul to create an intensive video course. Now you can get trained and equipped to build a successful business in the green industry through watching his informative, simple-to-understand, step-by-step instructional videos. Visit greenindustrypodcast.com, click on the e-course tab, or tap that link in the podcast description. For a limited-time special price of $97, you'll learn how to launch your business, properly manage the business's finances, how to set up your equipment for efficiency, price your services correctly, marketing strategies, and so much more. We, we can't keep the price at $97, but we wanted to make it affordable to you, our podcast listeners, just to say thanks for listening to the show. Just think now of all that you're going to be able to do with the extra time you're going to have because you made the smart choice to spend $97 and have Paul walk you through what took him a decade to master. Smash the link in the show notes, start making money, and move to the head of the class.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mr. Producer. I'm very excited that uh, that is now available. And of course, that link is in the description of today's program. All right. Well, without further ado, here is our chat with Mitchell's Lawn Care from North Carolina. All right, guys. Today we're going to High Point, North Carolina, to chat with Mitchell's Lawn Care. What's up, Mitchell?
2: Good morning. Good morning. Not much, man. Just uh, just got done enjoying a bowl of cereal.
1: What kind of cereal did you have?
2: Uh, this is a, it was a Special K, like the uh, vanilla uh, almond. So I guess a, a grown up cereal, nothing fun.
1: Okay, a little Special K action. And the High Point, yeah. North Carolina, is that in the mountains or what?
2: Uh, high Point. We are centrally located in North Carolina between the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and I saw your your story this this morning. Said you were in the Appalachian Mountains. So we're uh, we're east of the Appalachian Mountains and and west of the coast. We're pretty much smack dab right in the middle.
1: And why do they call it High Point? Is it is the elevations high or what?
2: <laughs> now that I don't know. So you're gonna uh, you're gonna put the spotlight on me. I don't know exactly where the 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 name came from, but uh, the the city of High Point. They have coined the furniture capital of the world. So twice a year, the furniture market is here, and people from all over the entire world come here. Um, there's, I think, more furniture industries here and showrooms than anywhere on the planet. So, um, and we also have the world, uh, world's largest chest of drawers here. Okay, so it's pretty neat.
1: And you got Mitchell's Lawn Care.
2: And Mitchell's Lawn Care.
1: Awesome. Well, tell us the story of your business, man. I see you rocking the Wright Mowers, the Gravely Mower. You got a, a beautiful truck, an enclosed trailer, and uh, 11,000 followers on Instagram. You're popping up in my news feed with uh, Brian Fullerton. Every other post is you or him or these guys. <laughs> they clog up my feed. So uh, tell us the story.
2: Uh, well, it, just as far as the business is related, I uh, got started towards the end of 2009, Uh, early 2010 so you know those those recession years that we had um, and I started my business kind of out of default because um, at this point a lot of people do know that I have another career a lot of people don't so this may be uh, news to them Uh, but I'm a 14-year veteran with the North Carolina State Highway Patrol uh, State Troopers so um, you know lawn care was not my primary gig and when I started my business I had already been a trooper for about four years, Um, but as I just said, you know, those were the years that we were in the recession, et cetera, so um, our pay with the, my salary with the highway patrol was frozen, and we weren't getting any, you know, increases or raises or nothing like that, and the starting pay for a trooper at that time was not grand, nothing to brag about, Um, you know, so I was wanting some, some extra, you know, spending money, some entertaining money. Um, and I would had always had a knack for, for doing lawn care. I had worked for a lawn care company before um, getting into college and getting on with the patrol and cut grass when I was younger in my neighborhood where my parents lived, you know, just pushing to push more around the neighborhood. So I always had a knack for doing it. Um, and then 2009, 2010, early 2010, you know, I said, you know, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to. Um. See where I can go with this. So, you know, like a lot of guys, you know, I got a, I had to market and put my name out there, and started passing out flyers and and you know hanging things on people's mailboxes and doors and and, and going door to door, and I I ended up getting to mow the property of a well known um, like commercial property owner. Uh, on the east side of Greensboro and I started cutting his grass and he said, well, if you do a good job with me, I'll give you some of my other properties that I have. And he was actually in with, um, section eight housing, um, you know, the equal housing mm-hmm. opportunity with the city. And so I, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, that, you know, that may be a good opportunity for me. Um, so I cut his grass for a year, And then he ended up giving me pretty much all of his properties he had on one city street uh, in Greensboro. Um, So that kind of, you know, catapulted me forward to going from, you know, cutting like two or three yards in a day to pretty much having a full day, um, still part time. So I did that for a few years.
1: What was your schedule then, with the state highway patrol? How how are you navigating both these careers?
2: The I was, I would have days off during the week. You know, it, with with law enforcement or any type of first responder work, it's not a Monday to Friday job. You know, so I would have I would work a couple of days, have a couple of days off, work a couple of days. You know, just repeat that over and over. But you'd have so, a
1: steady schedule, so you you knew yes. okay on Thursday I could go bang out my yards or whatnot.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. Every, every week I had set days off and I always had at least at minimum two days off during the week. So between Monday and Friday, and, and that still goes to this day. Every, every week I still have at least at minimum two days off during the week, during what we would coin, you know, this, the regular business week, Monday through Friday. Um, and those were the days that I set aside to do, you know, lawn care and landscaping work. So those were the days that I flipped the switch to Mitchell's lawn care and and we worked. Um, So balancing both of those has been interesting over the years Um, and, and, you know, stressful at times, fun at times, but 2016 came around. And so for, for six years, I was, you know, pretty much part-time solo uh, owner operator. I had a guy that would help me on my lawn care days. And it was normally another trooper because we worked the same schedules So finding help was pretty easy and it was always guys willing to help to make a little bit extra cash. But 2016 came around and I got presented with an opportunity to put a bid in on a commercial HOA property. And, you know, I had a little come to Jesus meeting with myself, like, Hey, um, doing well because word of mouth is bringing me business. You know, the work that I was doing was speaking volumes and people were, were calling, but I only had so much time in my schedule to do lawn care. So in essence, I was holding my own company back because I could only do so much work. Mm -hmm. So I had to, you know, ask myself, is this what you want to do? If it is, then I need to find a way to pull myself out of the equation put someone in place you know ie a crew leader that I can trust and, and and put more work on that has the time during the week to focus on it so found a guy that that I could lean on it was a good buddy of mine that I knew since kindergarten and Um, I was lucky enough to win the bid on this property, which was almost two days worth of work. So now I have three days worth of work and calls were coming in. So I had the motivation to keep pushing now that I had somebody I could lean on. Um, so 2006 was pretty much the first year that Mitchell's lawn care went full time.
1: 2016.
2: Yes, sir. Okay. So we switched from, you know, I pulled myself out of the equation instead of being, instead of working for the company, I started working on the company. Um,
1: Simultaneously, and, you're still State yeah. Highway Patrol is still full time at this point. Oh
2: yeah, that. Um, so the whole time during any of this, from from 2010 until today, the whole time Highway Patrol has it's always been there. Like is that 40
1: um, hours a know, I, week with them or what?
2: It it equals out to be that, but we don't work a set 40 hour week. We it so we work a two week rotation. So within two weeks, I work 80 hours. Gotcha. Uh, I work a I work a 50-hour week, which will be this week. I've actually got to work tonight. I work permanent second shift, which frees up my mornings and afternoons. So this week is my 50-hour week, and then next week is my 30-hour week. So between the two weeks, I work 80 hours. Um, but through all this, through building the company and everything, you know, Highway Patrol has been on full steam ahead. It, it never stops and it never ends so i've I've always had to balance the two,
1: so back to two thousand sixteen you you get two days of work a week at this new commercial job keeping you busy, plus you got your one day of existing customers and you're putting into place your buddy from kindergarten to run the operation. Yes, so tell mm-hmm. us more what happened from there
2: that That year was kind of kind of crazy because. I'm trying to build a full-time company without full-time work. Um, And I was blessed enough to have my patrol salary to support me, to put a roof over my head and food on my table. So financially, I was always stable. But now I quickly became um, responsible for this guy's income. You know, he had a family and a wife that he needed to take care of. And now he's looking at me to put a roof on his, over his head and food on his table with only three days of work. But in order to maintain him and keep him, I had to pay him a full-time salary. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be beneficial to you to, to stop what you're doing and go work for somebody. So I actually had to go in the red sum at first to get my business going. I had to support him, you know, with full-time pay without full-time hours, but it's a sacrifice I had to make in order to build the company that I wanted to build. Um, but thankfully, within a matter of, you know, a couple months, I got enough work coming in now that the kind of the word was out that, you know, I'm accepting more clients, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I ended up getting a full schedule and hiring another full-time guy and a part-time guy within the same year. Wow, so I went from, yeah, I went from having a crew leader with like three days of work that I was paying for five to having pretty much two and a half guys and enough work to keep us busy, you know five, five and a half days a week. so it was it was a crazy ride. And again, behind scenes of all of that, I was still having to be a state trooper at the same time.
1: Yeah. So 40 hours a week, you're working there, you're managing two and a half guys. Now is the kindergarten friend, is he still your uh, foreman and leader now, or is he still with the company?
2: Uh, No, sir. Now a lot has changed between last year and this year. So for four years, we, we being Mitchell's long care was full time. Um, And, and, his name's John. So John was my crew leader from 2016 through 18. So for three years, he was my crew leader. Um, he had some personal things going on in his family, which is will remain personal, but his lifelong dream was to live at the coast. So, you know, me, first of all, being a best friend of his, you know, we all say, you know, business is business and, and, and personal is personal. That's true. But when it, when it comes down to like a good friend or a best friend, that friendship comes first to a degree. Um, and I supported him and I said, Hey man, if you've got this lifelong dream to move to the coast, man, do it. I support it. I'll be fine. We'll find somebody else. Blah, blah, blah. blah. So he gave me, he got me into the off season of 2018, which you know, as, as well as I do, it slows down for long care. You know, grass goes dormant. We got a little bit more time to twiddle our thumbs. So I was on the search for a new crew leader, uh, beginning early 2019. So for 2019, I had an all new crew. So I had a new crew leader, uh, a new full-time guy and another, uh, seasonal part-time guy to get us through the summer, you know, when we're having to trim all the hedges, et cetera. But so we kept rocking through 2019 and,
1: How'd these Some guys do, happen. Mitchell, when you're, I mean, you're out on your state highway patrol duty and you're not actually on the, in the field with these guys, you know, how, how did this brand new crew do with all that responsibility? Were they performing well or did you have to get on them or what was the situation with that, with you not being there?
2: It, uh, it was stressful. I'm not going to lie. 29 and, in 2019 is the reason why things changed for 2020 we'll get into that, but it was, it was super stressful Um, because they're, they're having to learn me, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have a history with this, with the new crew leader. Um, you know, we, we didn't know each other for years. We didn't know how each each other clicked or whatever. So I had, had a lot of stress on the table for 2019, you know, getting to know the new crew, them getting to know me and my expectations and and my expectations are very, very high. And I'm sure it's not easy, you know. People that listen to this that that know me personally, you know, I'm 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 strict and I'm structured, but that's why you know we were successful, um, and you know I'm I have very very high expectations, so you know I, I expect the best, and I know that's tough for some people, but it was tough to manage to 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 hit on what you were asking. It's it's tough to manage from. You know, if I was at work with the patrol, you know, and you know the new crew needed me or something came up or whatever, I could not always be there to to lend that hand or to help. And that is ultimately what fueled my decision to scale back for this year. Um, so you know, fast forwarding through twenty nineteen and 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 the struggles that we had. It was a very successful year, and, and, you know, on paper, it was my most successful year as far as profit um, and, and the work that we did. But it was also the most stressful, and we all know, you know, with money comes stress. So that got me thinking again, is this something that I really want for myself? You know, is the money worth the stress? And every time I kept thinking about it, I was like, it's not um, you know, I've got the highway patrol that again, puts a roof over my head and, and food on my table. I didn't need the stress of managing crew members because I never, uh, how do I want to put this? I never like relied on my lawn care income to support me. It was also, it was always, you know, to give other people a job and for me to, you know, have some, some entertaining money. Um, and it kind of turned into this beast in 2019 that I honestly didn't want to deal with. So to date, right now, as we sit, um, I have gone back to how I used to be. Um, I'm back now doing lawn care, more solo owner operator. Uh, I no longer have a crew. Uh, sold off, you know, some trucks and some equipment that I didn't need. Put some other things in place to make things easier for me. And my number one goal for this year was to be stress free and as of you know Monday today, I haven't had any stress and it's been uh, it's been pretty pretty nice
1: so how many accounts are you still doing that big old commercial property or you you dropped that one for this new schedule
2: i and any anybody that's listening that does h o a work and you may have experience with this as, your, as yourself but HOA boards, I, I I had a lot of HOA business. So I was doing a lot of like what I would consider like commercial slash residential properties. Um and that would that was filling up probably sixty percent of our weekly schedule, but I never felt comfortable with HOA work because the the board members, the boards themselves a lot of times have no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they, it's, it's tough to keep them from year to year because they want to, you know, open things back up for bid to get the rock bottom price every year. Um, and I started, I had some of these HOAs for going on four years and it would have been the fifth year this year. And I just started getting that, that feeling that, Loyalty is what I was looking for. The word loyalty. Mm-hmm. The HOA boards are not loyal to the contractors because they want the best deal that they can get. And I had some of these contracts for four years. Again, this year would have been the fifth if I would have got them again. And I started to get that, like just that gut sensation that I had kind of run my my tenure with them that regardless what my bid was going to be, that they were probably going to try and get someone in cheaper. hmm So I kind of worried going into this year that I may lose a nice chunk or a nice source of income to keep my crew going. Um, And that was another reason that just fueled my decision to scale back. So we had, and I, I never got hung up on the numbers. I know on social media, a lot of guys will ask you, well, you know, how many yards do you cut in a day or how many accounts do you have? I'm of the philosophy that that is irrelevant because I had one HOA contract, one property that took us, um, you know, a day and a half to do. So if I said, well, I only cut one property in a day and a half and you did 30, but they equal out. So I never got hung up on the numbers as far as accounts and stuff, but going into this year I dropped uh, or let go 63 properties so, I kept right at sixteen that I manage right now, so I try to get um sixteen done every week now
1: so and and it's stressful. for I mean the only thing that would really stress you out at this point would be a, you know a lot of rain
2: but uh weather yeah of course yep weather weather would probably be my only stressor right now because and equipment is is not a stress to me now because i'm 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 blessed to have enough equipment to to have backups. So if a mower goes down or whatever, which I haven't had any problems with that. um
0: Paul returns with more of today's interview right after this word from our sponsors. TheHardscapeAcademy.com is the place to go to become the next professional hardscaper. Check out Caleb Bowman's How to Install Pavers and How to Install Retaining Walls Comprehensive Guides. You will learn all the techniques and information necessary to perform the installation of these features based on industry standards including tips and tricks that Caleb has learned over the past 20 years of hardscaping. The courses are immediately available via online streaming for just $99 each. Go to TheHardscapeAcademy.com and that link is in today's show notes. Lawn and landscape pros need to keep their competitive edge, and the easiest way to do that is by attending GIE Plus Expo this October 21st through the 23rd. There's only one word to describe the biggest action-packed experience in the outdoor equipment industry. Wow! Over a thousand indoor exhibits wall-to-wall with innovative products and the latest technology. Talk face-to-face with the engineers that design your favorite equipment, then step outside and dive into the hands-on demo area where you can drive, dig, and compare equipment to your heart's delight this year the wow gets even bigger with the new utv test track the hands-on drone zone and free parking (laughs) free parking register now at gie-expo.com and we'll see you in louisville kentucky this october
1: and you can save yourself 50 percent off this year's registration by using the promo code paul And all you got to do is hit the link in today's episode notes. And you'll also see Caleb Allman's How to Hardscape link in there, as well as my e-course, which is now available all in the episode notes today. Now back to our conversation with Mitchell. He's going to tell us his lineup of what kind of equipment he's using this year. Tell us your your setup. I, I think I've seen... Plenty of pictures. You got that right mower and the Gravely, if I can oh, yeah. remember. So t- tell us. Here you go, Tony's Lawn Care. Like I got a guy who listens. He always asking me to ask the guest to tell their, you know, tell their equipment. So tell us your setup, man.
2: I've I've got a mixture of stuff. I'm not. I don't bleed one brand. Um, I don't have a tattoo of any company on me. So uh, I, I'm of the philosophy. I always go with dealer support. I started out. And I'll try to tell the abbreviated version. I started out with Hustler Turf. So I've got... I still have my original mowers that I bought back in late 2009 and 2010. So I still have those two Hustlers. So I have a, a Hustler X1, and a, which is a step down from their, their Super Z. So it's a little bit smaller, but it's a commercial mower. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a Hustler X1 54-inch and a Hustler Trimstar 48-inch. Those are my... I guess my backup mowers now, so if something happens, those are the ones I lean on. And two years ago, I guess it would be now, yeah, two years ago, I switched over, or three, I can't, they, they all run together. But anyway, I switched over to, those, those mowers started to get some age on them and I've been using them for six, seven years. Um, and I started noticing, and this is this is pre-Instagram, pre-social media, I started noticing guys riding around on properties standing up, and I'm like, what in the heck is that? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never seen a stand-on mower. Didn't know anything about them. My dealer didn't have them. Hustler didn't make them. Uh, So I started checking into it, and it was yellow. So come to find out, it was a a right manufacturing mower. And started looking into them, and I was like, man, this would be really neat. And I demoed one. I was like, man, this would be pretty cool. So I started looking I I switched dealers because the dealer I'd been dealing with actually went out of business, but I started uh, going to STI Turf Care and Colfax. They're a Skag, Toro, and Wright dealer. And I started looking at the Skag V-Rod and the Wright Standards, And, you know, literally, and they were sitting side by side, so comparing them apples to apples and demoed both, yada, yada. Well, I chose Wright. So to date, I've got uh, a Wright Standard X48, a Wright zk 61 and a ZK-72 dually. Um, And you mentioned the gravely. I was lucky enough to become a gravely ambassador uh, this year. And part of that uh, ambassador program deal is you get a piece of equipment. So I chose a mower that would work good for my setup now. Uh, I didn't need a larger deck mower because I've got the 61 and 72 a 48 inch deck has always worked great for me with residential work. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I want to try out. You know, their their pro stance was uh, the the second next chin, so it was new for this year, and they made a ton of changes on it. And I I, I chose the Gravely Pro stance 48. So,
1: those are
2: the, I guess the larger commercial mowers, um, and I've got a DeWalt. Mm-hmm battery-powered push mower, and an X mark Commercial 30. So those are those are all my mowers.
1: So you got like seven or eight mowers for one guy. <laughs> you got yeah, you man. got backup yeah. for days, man. <laughs> yeah. No wonder and, and you're not I actually, stressed.
2: I had some guy message me, actually. It's been a couple of weeks ago because I, I had the mowers pulled out of the trailer. And he's like, well, if you're only cutting grass one day a week and it's just you. And I do have a guy helping me when I'm doing long care, so I've got a guy that's with me part time. So I'm not true solo, but I'm only cutting part time now. Um but hundred percent
1: of the days that you're working, you're on the field. you're not you're not out pulling people over while your guys are out cutting grass. You're you're
2: No, no the, sir. Yeah. No sir. Yeah. It's one or the other. And yeah, I'm I'm back in the field now. I'm the one on the properties every day, you know, or or every week. Um but in my I've got a twenty foot eight and a half by 20 enclosed. And in my trailer, I've got the Gravely ProSense 48, 48 up front, the ZK61, and then the ZK72. Um, and I had a guy message me. He's like, well, if you're only you know doing this part-time or, or solo, if you will, you know, why do you have so many mowers? And it's, I've always looked at it as a Swiss Army knife um you know there there may be a tool in that Swiss army knife that you don't use every single day or but when you need it it's there but with this honestly when when we roll out on a Thursday morning or a Friday morning every single mower on the trailer which I'm I'm lucky enough that I don't need any push mowers anymore so there's no push mowers on the trailer but every single mower gets used because in my schedule now I have yards that are your normal you know, quarter to third acre residential properties all the way up to a 130-acre farm that we maintain that I've got about six acres that I mow. So you can see right there where all three mowers get used. Yeah. So that's why we use them. Now, granted, there's only two of us, two guys mowing, and, of course, there's always one mower that's sitting out, but all three get used each time that we work
1: yeah f- efficiencies everything so I was wondering I didn't I didn't realize you were a state highway patrol this is new information to me so mm-hmm. when I get pulled over Mitchell what what should I be doing to, if I have any shot of getting out of a ticket what should what should my <laughs> protocol be I just I just got happy excited I'm just driving too fast all right it's maybe 65 miles per hour and I'm going 80 and I get pulled over what what should I do
2: well, the, you know, and I will, I can only speak for me being an officer. I can't speak for all the other ones. And and we, I, I refuse to get into any conversation or talks right now about anything that's going on in the world, but...
1: No, I just, I'm driving just, too fast and I get pulled tip. over. What yeah. What do I do? To, any tips I can maybe get myself out of this one?
2: <laughs> just to hit on what you were talking about and what you're talking about only, I can only speak for me because we're all different, but... Usually, when I observe the violation and you know in that process of, of pulling over wherever we're pulling over, whether it be on the shoulder of the road, parking lot, whatever, my mind, again, now quote, this is me and nobody else. but before I even get out of the car to make that initial approach, my mind is already made up, okay? The reason being, I've always been of the philosophy, and I use that word a lot, of philosophy, but um, I always feed people from the same spoon, if that makes sense. Um, like serving a buffet, like I keep it fair because mm-hmm. it's not fair to the, the guy or girl I stopped before you or the one after you if... You know, oh, well, you know, I'll cut you a break and you don't get a break. Well, you get a break, you don't get a break. I, I don't get caught up in that um, because it could come back to bite me. But for that situation to go, well, of course, you know, keep your hands where people can see them, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't make any quick moves. Do I do I
1: put my window down um, or wait till I, you get up there to put my window down?
2: That, you know, to me, I don't care if the window's up or down, but it would make more sense for it to to be down that way you can engage in conversation and you said um, my hand's like, visible
1: you know, should I actually put my hands on the steering wheel or
2: that helps you know I, I always tell people either put your hands on the steering wheel or um you know on the 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 windowsill area of the car where the window goes up and down um, And then do, should in, it I tell them at hey at
1: I, I have a license to carry there is a gun in the car should I even mention that or no or
2: yes based on you know your state's uh concealed carry laws or if you don't not even conceal carry, you know, it's always nice to notify the officer that you know, you have a weapon. Whatever it may be, if it's a you know, handgun knife, whatever, it's always uh welcomed to notify the officer that, hey, I have a weapon. This is where it's at, you know, so we know. Um but as far as to, to getting out of a ticket, I uh I I, I can't hit on that, um because you know, there, there's a lot of variables and, and I'm not a robot. I'm a human, you know, I I have a heart, I have feelings. And depending on what that person is going through that day, um, will determine if my mind is changed from when I get out of my car and make that approach. Um, you know, if distract, like you said, you know, boils down to distracted driving, um, distracted driving is dangerous you know when people get into wrecks because they're distracted if you know you're if your mind's in la la land you're not thinking about where you know what you're doing where you're going the speed you're traveling you know your reaction time for for braking etc um so distracted driving is dangerous so if if someone is distracted whatever it may be like man, you know, I'm just excited to get home. I wasn't thinking, I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner or where me and my wife are going or blah, 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 blah. You know, to me, that's not a defense to to what you were doing. Um, But if someone is just, you know, you can tell when someone's having a terrible day, like their mother, father, close family member or somebody – like, just passed away, like, that morning or an hour ago or whatever, like, you can tell if someone's world has just been rocked, Mm -hmm. um, and if there's something that I can do to ease that pain, then I will, you know, I'm a human, you know, I've got family members, um, you know, if, if one of my family members was to pass away, and I just happen to be going a little bit over the speed limit because, you know, it, uh, all the emotions that are going through your head. Now, granted, yes, it's distracted drivers. So I may sound like I'm, I'm contradicting myself, but there's a difference. Um, so, you know, there are you know ways that, you know, you could quote, get out of a ticket, but it's very, very slim. Um, so I just recommend people just pay attention.
1: Drive the speed. Do you notice a lot of these guys and gals are, are you know, on their phones while they're driving? And you, you said distracted what you're cooking for dinner. But I mean, when I'm driving, I you know, I'll get to the stoplight and everyone's got their head down they're on Instagram or whatever. I mean, it's getting out of control. I'm not even in your shoes, but I'm scared. I'm like, dude, how, you're not even paying attention.
2: It is. Uh, and I noticed it a lot. And. Of course, I notice it way more when I'm in, you know, my, my personal vehicle like my pickup truck. I, I notice it way more because there's not graphics and light bars and stuff all over it. But um, I just saw it uh, just yesterday. Me and uh, Hannah, my uh, girlfriend, were were coming back into town and uh, looked over to the left at a stoplight. And this, this girl has got her left leg and her left foot. Now, she's the driver, so try to picture this. She's got her left leg and her left foot up on the dashboard to the left of the steering wheel (laughs) and uh she's got her cell phone in her hand texting the light turns green did she put her leg down no did she put her phone down no so here's this and she's literally like within you know two feet from the car in front of her um you know so she's just a rolling disaster um but i just i I just couldn't help but laugh because it just it blows my mind you know what some people do but anyways
1: yeah. So, so keep your hands visible, and uh, go to speed limit, and then you don't have anything to worry about.
2: Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of stuff would be, I uh, you know, a lot of things that you see now would would be avoided if if people policed it themselves first and foremost, um, and you know, just did what they're supposed to do and, and and did what they're asked to do. So I'll leave it at that.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate it. I know as I'm, I'm a lot of guys are thinking, they were like, Paul, you better ask him about that. So I had to do it. I could sense it. I could feel it. You're like, are you, when are you going to ask him? That's a, a golden opportunity there. Well, let me ask you this, Mitchell, uh, what's been the biggest mistake you've made in Mitchell's lawn care and what'd you learn from that?
2: Um, that's pretty easy. A lot of my, a lot of my struggles and mistakes and, and issues always, and, and, and a lot of guys are probably relate to this. Um, Uh, Some may, some may not, but always pertained to employees and and, and staffing and and the human aspect of it, not, you know, equipment problems or, or homeowners or business owners. That stuff is easy. Like if there's a problem with equipment, man, there's, there's always a solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, If something gets messed up or missed or something on a property, there's always a solution you know, if if someone's coming at you with a complaint like, hey, you know, you or your guys did this or didn't do this, there's always a solution. Staffing and employees is just such a huge variable that my, I guess my number one, I don't even want to say if it's a mistake, but just the, the biggest struggle would be employees because the way my setup was – from 2016 through 19, those four years, it was tough for me to quote police the guys. It was it was tough for me to always like go behind them and do quality checks or or stay on top of them, um, not overbearing, but just to the point to make sure that you know the eyes were getting dotted, the t's were getting crossed, and everything was being done every single day because when I was working, you know, I may not get off until two o'clock in the morning. My crew shows up at seven. I'm in bed asleep. I'm just hoping that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And most of the time they did, um, you know, and then they go through their work day and I may not hear from them. And then I've got to go back to work at, you know, two or three o'clock that afternoon. So I don't have time to go out and check properties and make sure they're doing the stuff that I told them to do. Um, so I guess my biggest, and I will say mistake, I guess my biggest mistake is thinking that, you know, I could have, I could go into that and, and being a proper, you know, manager, owner, supervisor, when in fact I couldn't. Um, and you know, I, I realized that going into this year that it's just something I didn't want to, to, to do. And, so that, that would be it. It's just employees are a, are a different beast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate you sharing your story, Mitchell. I know you got, you know, what, like 11,000 followers on Instagram now?
2: Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've been blessed with that. You know, I've been on it a little over three years now and I, I'm on it every single day as much as I possibly can. And, and I have fun with it. You know, it's not a, it's not a job. Like I like engaging followers. Um, and then I'm, I'm, Thankful to say that's an organic following, and uh, I, I just like engaging people. And you know, every single day, uh, either two or three people contact me in, in direct messaging about you know I'm I'm such and such years old, and, and it's young, like teenagers, right, right, that are just curious, and you know, how do I how do I do this, or how do I do that? And I love engaging them and and their young minds because that's the time to set, you know. Um, you know the, the morals and values in these guys to to do the right thing. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, don't be afraid to to approach these other guys that have got ten, fifteen, twenty years of experience. Um, you know, learn as much as you possibly can and be a sponge from the beginning. And I, I love engaging those guys.
1: Awesome. Well, we're going. Uh, Mr. producer is going to put your uh, handle to IG in the show notes today so you guys can scroll up and uh, just click on that and it'll take you right to uh, Mitchell's Lawn Care's IG page and they can subscribe. Tell us what your handle is though.
2: It's at, it's just my company name. It's at Mitchell's Lawn Care LLC.
1: Okay. And you guys can just click on the link in today's show notes and I'll take you right over there. Make sure you follow him. Next thing you know, you'll be at 12,000, 13,000. And, uh, you know, it's cool because I started around the same time you did and we didn't have social media back there or YouTube or any of this stuff. And so, you Mm, know, those early years were just, I don't know about you, Mitchell, but for me, I just made so many mistakes that, I just didn't know any better. And nowadays with Instagram, you can just learn so much from communicating in in the community and Instagram and YouTube and this podcast and stuff and just learn from one another. Oh yeah, this is what I should have done better. Man, that piece of equipment could be more efficient. Or I don't think any of us have the employee thing figured out because it's so challenging because- you know, for us, our our heart and soul is in our business because we want to do a good job just because of the integrity of our name and the better job we do, the more profit we'll make over the long haul and everything. But for an employee, if they're just getting paid 15, 20 bucks an hour, what do they care? They're going to get paid the same. Yep. They just kind of coast through it. And it's so hard to incentivize them to you know, no, don't miss anything. Do perfect job on all these properties when it's 90 degrees out there. And it's, it's really hard. If you get the solution, let us know. I mean, it's, it's hard (laughs) to recruit somebody to do hard labor for 15, 20, 25 bucks an hour, whatever you're paying when they're going to get that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's challenging. I've, I've, I've yet to figure that one out. Um, but we're constantly trying to be, you know, as, as, creative as possible to bring them as much. Cause you got to bring them incentive. You're just going to say, Hey, here's your check. They're going to mail it in every day and they don't care.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and one thing I tried to do and, and it worked, uh, you know, but I always try to, to, to make them feel as much as part of the company as I could, where really? there was things, you know, like, um, you know, just giving them random gift cards so they could take their wife and kids out to, uh, to dinner, you know, on the weekends or, or whatever, or or taking them to, you know, our our local uh, minor league baseball team, uh, Greensburg Grasshoppers. I, I, you know, giving them tickets to to the baseball games, or you know, just stuff like that. Um, you know, so I've, I've tried it all, and yeah, and and some also work, some don't. Yeah,
1: I think it's good. To, I mean, you scaled back because you're got a forty hour week job, or you know, but I think it's good to exactly. say, hey, if you if you do a good job, here's how you're going to grow with this company. Like, here's going to be your next. My, you know, you you do this faithfully, then you're gonna get this bonus or this new response. You know, they have to have something to look forward to. Otherwise, I've yeah. seen it happen time and time again. They just mail it in, and and then next thing you know, you're looking for someone else. So you you got to exactly. keep them motivated. So Mitchell, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate all you're doing for the community. Yeah, man. You are uh, going to GIE this year.
2: Uh, that's the plan. I, I, I you know, we uh, uh, the guys I'm staying with, we've already got our Airbnb and um uh, definitely definitely looking forward to it and i and i hope that that event goes on with all the craziness in the world today but um I'm, I'm looking to be in attendance i'm looking forward to seeing you again and uh and and can't wait i can't get here soon enough
1: everyone's getting excited for g-i-e if you haven't already registered you can get 50 percent off your registration by using the promo code paul we're going to put that link in today's show notes with several other links, I'm going to include, here's the instructions Marty put um Mitchell's IG link in there, so you guys can follow him on Instagram. He does a really good job uh, with his posts. He's got eleven thousand followers. He's really engaged in there, so I, I highly recommend following him on the Instagram. And we'll have Caleb Almond's How to Hardscape Academy link in there if you want to become a professional hardscaper. Check that one out. And my e-course, we're gonna definitely put that link in there. We're so excited! I poured my heart and soul in this. You know, over ten years of doing this. I've gained a lot of knowledge through my experience of doing this. And that's why we made these videos. We put together just a step-by-step process of what you want to know to build a profitable business. And there's a bunch of just nuggets in here. I don't really share too many jokes. I just get straight down the business. And here's what you need to know as the foundation in your business. So you're as efficient, as profitable. So you're as just making as much money as you can. Those profit margins are fat and good and business is booming. And so I pour my heart and soul into these videos and I hope that uh, you'll take time to watch them, take notes, apply it to your business and uh, be off to the races and uh, get out there and crush it. So the link to the e-course will be in today's program. Notes as well. Thanks for listening, guys. If you've been enjoying the show, smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review in Apple podcast and we will be back soon.